Did you know your voice is vulnerable to your physical stance? Maybe it's time to assess the condition of your backbone when you're communicating. Let's talk. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Human communication is a very complicated and nuanced art, as opposed to the robotic computer-generated voice. The messages we send are not just defined by the articulation of vowels and consonants, but also by the textures, timbres, shapes, clarity, melodic nature, rhythmic phrasing, and volume level of our vocal sound. Our messages are also defined by the body language that accompanies our words, because how our hands, arms, legs, face, and spine move significantly affects the sound and the interpretation of what we're saying and singing. So we make all kinds of choices when we use our voices, just like actors do, to deliver a message that gets a specific response. When we choose, we take into consideration the nature of the heart to whom we're communicating. For instance, out of kindness and empathy, we may take the posture of weakness or meekness, literally slumping and condensing our physical profile so as not to offend or intimidate the person we're talking to or singing to. But after you learn what meek posture does to your voice, you may want to rethink your choice of caved-in body language. Let me tell you some real stories of people I've worked with. Let's start with my tall recording artist. I was asked to work with a recording artist who was about to lose his label deal because of vocal problems. After spending time working with him in vocal lessons, as well as attending some of his shows and watching him interact with fans and music industry people, I saw a huge part of his vocal issues. Every time he talked to someone, he slumped, crunching in his chest and moving his head forward. When I asked him if interviews and schmoozing events left him vocally tired, he said yes, as if asking, isn't that normal? I told him it may be normal, but it's not necessary, and that we had to get busy and stop his speaking voice from sabotaging his singing voice. So I poked him in the back, asked him to move his head over his heels and drop his chin so that his head was level. It seemed like he gained two inches in height. It was then that he realized that he'd been shrinking his body so as not to appear condescending or intimidating. And I told him what I've told so many others, that he needed to be all that he is, every inch of himself, and that shrinking any part of himself will not help others it will hurt his ability to bless them with his voice. He began singing better than ever. His producer and label noticed, and his deal was saved. Tall people should sing and speak at full height, not like they have a premature dowager's hump. Now let me tell you about my modest female singer. When this female gospel singer came into my lesson, I immediately identified her meek posture the curved back and crunched chest. When she began to sing, the tight, uncontrolled sound I expected came out. 
By the end of that lesson, she was standing at least a half an inch taller, breathing better, and was overjoyed with her newfound vocal ease, range expansion, and pitch control. I've had many young adult and elder ladies who try to hide the fullness of their chest in the name of modesty. This always makes me angry at society. It's like wearing an invisible burqa to cover your shame. I say that if anybody has a problem with you being all that you physically are, it's their problem, not yours. So lead with your heart. That means open your ribcage and lift all that's on top of it. When you do this, you not only give yourself freedom to breathe and be and sing and speak well, you give this freedom and validation to others who see your example. They and I thank you. Now let me tell you about a teenage girl and boy. The 14-year-old girl came into her first vocal lesson with me to get ready for an audition. When she began to sing, she kept standing in the typical cool teen side slump, and the high note had to be pushed out as I expected in that posture. When I asked her to experiment with standing flexibly tall and pull her head back a bit, pulling her voice with her lyrics, she was amazed at how easy those high notes became, and she felt quite confident at her audition. A 15-year-old boy came in with a slumped chest like he was having to report to the principal. His voice consisted of a pushed chest and weak head voice, separated by the typical adolescent male crack with no mixed area. When I put him at the wall and straightened out his spine and told him to come from the pelvic floor instead of the tight rib cage for power, he was able to back off his volume, mix his middle voice, and get in a clearer and higher head voice that felt great. It eased his vocal strain so much, he started laughing. Teenagers often take on either a cool posture habit to impress and deal with peer pressure, or a crunched posture from the shy self-consciousness that's normal for this age. But that cool side slump is paramount to imitating scoliosis. Those who have a real condition of excessive curvature of the spine will agree with me. This is not a posture you should try to imitate. Hips should be mostly level, not one dropped with one shoulder up. The ensuing rib cage contortion is a terrible posture habit that causes breath limitations as well as unnecessary vocal tension. Shy posture is also detrimental to breath support and control for both singing and talking. Now let me tell you about my elderly singer. A man in his 80s came in wanting to sing better. He'd been an amateur singer of popular standards all his life, but he was having trouble now, and he missed the joy of using his voice without strain. I was able to pinpoint the core of his limitations pretty quickly. It was his pronounced upper spinal curve. I put him at the wall with a cushion behind his head that was thick enough to encourage him to straighten up without causing too much discomfort. I asked him to try and sense his power as coming from his pelvic floor instead of the middle of his chest, and he was instantly able to sing with more range, control, and ease. I then had him walk in the middle of the room and showed him how to use his mic to pull himself tall with his lyrics when he sang. 
He began to practice this way and came into subsequent lessons with more and more ability. A few years later, his wife wrote me that he had died, but that from our lessons he had found his voice again and had used it with great joy. I've also taught people with significant COPD to sing much better by straightening out the upper spine. It really doesn't take much breath to sing if you take it and use it with good technique. Whatever their level of physical health, older people benefit greatly from flexibly tall body language, not only in their singing and speaking voices, but also in all the benefits that come from being able to breathe more deeply. Now let me tell you about victims of abuse. I've worked with male and female students of all ages who have been in some way abused or perceived that they're not valued. Emotional, physical, or sexual abuse can cause habitual meek posture because it was literally developed as a way to survive. Healing includes not just psychological freedom, but also physical unfurling. So you may be wondering now why it makes so much difference to you when you shrink your height, cave in your upper torso, or otherwise drop the bottom of your ribs in that typical meek posture condition. Here's what happens. Your diaphragm, which is attached to the bottom of your rib cage, will loosen it. This gives it too much slack, limiting its control of breath. Losing breath control means losing vocal control of all kinds. Your head will inevitably move forward and your throat channel will tighten. A tight throat will sound and feel tight. The combination of limiting breath control and tightening your throat will cause your voice to be vulnerable to many issues. Your vocal resonance will thin, your pitch accuracy can suffer, and vocal range will diminish on both the low and the high ends. It can even result in vocal strain and damage from trying to push through to sing or speak adequately. Here's what you should do instead. First of all, do a complete rethink of the concept of meekness. It is not the same as weakness. I would define meekness as the ultimate strength because it comes from the confidence that one doesn't have to defend oneself. This frees you to be other-directed. Communicating kindness is much more effective coming from gentle strength, not manipulative weakness. I know, that may sting, but I've been there, done that too. Next, do a thought experiment. Stand physically as if you are king or queen of the universe and you really are the only one who can fix everything. Now take a deep breath. Imagine your lungs as being 20 feet tall, wide, and deep. Send out your presence to fill every crack and cranny in the room you're in. Now say, I am supposed to be all I am, and my voice is needed in the world. Next, try singing or speaking at the wall, head and heel against it. If you have thick shoulders, you may want to put a towel behind your head. Now, sing or speak using your hands expressively, powering your voice from your pelvic floor while keeping your spine flexibly tall. Notice how open your rib cage is. Do you feel a difference in your throat? 
Ask someone who knows you well to listen and tell you if they notice a difference in the sound of your voice. You know, if the idea of humble strength is new to you, try experimenting and notice the results. Tell someone how wonderful they are while standing very tall as you do it. You'll find that you're communicating strong empathy, which actually means more to the person than a meekly delivered compliment. Now, there is a time when meek posture is the right choice to make. Let me give you four instances. One, when you're communicating to a wounded, hurt, scared, or excessively timid human or animal, your body language can add a needed non-intimidation element to help them trust you if you assume that crunched posture. Two, when you have a spinal issue such as scoliosis or kyphosis, which is where you have a very rounded or humpback upper spine. But even in these conditions, try to stand or sit as tall and flexibly as possible. Ask your doctor about doing targeted physical exercises and stretches to counteract the pronounced spinal curves and help you breathe better, which of course will help your voice. Number three, when you get cast in a rough sounding voiceover or movie role like Billy Bob Thornton's character in Sling Blade. Thornton's slumped posture, besides creating the illusion of spinal deformity, helped create the character's rough voice. I'd make a bet that Mr. Thornton needed a round of chiropractic afterwards. And the fourth condition where meek posture is the right choice is, of course, in truly unsafe situations where you may need to use guarded and closed body language like a threatened animal does. And of course, I hope that's never true for you. But if you must slump for these or other reasons, get back to exercising and stretching out as quickly as possible. Don't allow slumping to become your habit. And remember, you don't have to slump to be gentle or humble or meek. The bottom line, there are times to speak and sing and times to listen and be silent. When it's your time at bat, Stand or sit flexibly tall as if your voice matters, because it does. This is Judy Rodman. Thanks for joining me for another episode of All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers. If you want to support this podcast effort, please leave a review wherever you heard it. Thank you. See you next time.